Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is January the 15th, 2024. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Let's see here. Really, just trying to stay warm as per winter usual. Uh, let's see. It's been like in the single digits. Um, right now, I think it's in the teens. So that's nice. A nice little improvement. I'll take it. Um, but yeah, I really haven't been, been doing that much. Uh, hung out for the most part. Sleeping when I can. That's always nice. Uh, let's see. Food Corner. It was pretty good yesterday. I made a really banger pizza, if I do say so myself. It was a pineapple and pepperoni pizza with a Alfredo sauce base. And I got to tell you, I'm glad I used some good Alfredo sauce because it came out really, really nice. I uh, definitely would make that again. It was very yummy, very scrumptious. Uh, all right. They're really not, not, not much else to really report on the personal news. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's go ahead and do our startup and then we'll get into some news. All righty, from the BBC, Ukraine says it shot down. Russian A-50 spy plane. Ukraine's military says it shot down a Russian military spy plane over the Sea of Azov, Azov, um, in what, in Al, in Al, no, 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 I cannot talk right now, in what analysis say would be a blow to Moscow's air power. Army Chief General Valery Zaluchny said the Air Force had destroyed an A-50 long-range radar detection aircraft and a Il-22 control center plane. The A-50 detects air defenses and coordinates targets for Russian jets. Uh, Let's see here. Um, A briefing from UK's Ministry of Defense on... February 23rd said Russia likely had six operational A-50s in service. The planes can cost hundreds of millions of dollars to build. Now, BBC hasn't like 100% verified, um, you know, the story, but I know they've gone through as as great of lengths as they can to do it. I know I was listening to this uh, actually before I went on. So, I mean, it seems pretty credible. Uh, Who knows exactly how damaged it was. Uh, just in terms of pictures, I saw, like, the, the tail of it looks pretty banged up. Um, but like they said, they really couldn't, like, 100% verify it, but they do uh, tend to believe it. So, there's that. Uh, let's see here. Other than that, though, it's not, like, big news or anything like that. So, I figured, like, hey, let's go ahead and hit that and uh, move on. Uh, let's move on to the next beat from Myanmar. Bit of a double feature here. From Al Jazeera. Myanmar's military ethnic armed groups agreed to China-mediated truce. Myanmar's military, which seized power in a coup nearly three years ago, has agreed to an immediate ceasefire 
with an alliance of ethnic armed groups whose offensive since October has emerged as the biggest threat to the regime since its power grab. Excuse me. Um, China hopes to uh, hopes the relevant parties in Myanmar can consensually implement the agreement, exercise maximum restraint towards each other, each other, and solve the issues through dialogue and consultations. China's foreign ministry spokesperson Mao Ning said on Friday. Um, let's see, Myanmar's military, which overthrew the elected government of Aung Suu Kyi in February 2021, has been battling an alliance of ethnic minority armies fighting to end its control of their region since late October, with intense violence along the northern border with China. Um, now in this situation, at least how I viewed it, how I felt about it, I've really just been against Myanmar's military here. Um, you know, since they've done their overthrow, since their coup, um, you know, thousands of civilians have been died, have, have been killed, I'm sorry, um, you know, with Andrew Chi, like, they put her in really terrible situations just to, like, take her out and put her back in. Um, it's just been really upsetting and frustrating to see, um, you know, military act like this. I mean, it's not uncommon, it's not new, but, um, yeah, it, it seems that more, um, parties have gotten involved, more armed groups have gotten involved, um, I know I should have their name ready, but I know they're coming up in the other article we're about to get into, uh, let's see here, um, yeah, the Iraqan army, uh, the two other groups in the alliance are the Myanmar National Democratic Alliance Army, the MNDAA, and the Iraqan army, um, I know with the Iraqi army, they kind of were trying to abide by a ceasefire that they had already agreed to. And then I think they said, okay, well now like we're, we're going to pass this. And so they've kind of gotten a little bit more involved and have really turned the tide, uh, against the Myanmar, um, military. Um, and essentially this truce is, is supposed to be like, Hey, from, you know, this Alliance group, they're not supposed to be making like offensive gains or anything like offensive pushes into any towns and like taking any areas um and then from the Myanmar's military they're supposed to not be doing airstrikes and bombardments uh which has really kind of been their you know main use of force um in terms of suppressing people suppressing any kind of armed resistance so that was i believe three days ago that article came out i kind of found that but what brought me here was this article Let's see if it loads up. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, from the BBC. Myanmar rebel group claims control of India border town. Ethnic insurgents in western Myanmar say they have captured an important town on one of the main routes to India from, military's force, from military forces. The Iraqi army, one of the three armed groups that launched a new major offensive against the military in October, says it has taken control of Puelta, in Chin State, there is not a single military council camp left in the entire Puelta area, the group said on its Telegram channel. Uh, Myanmar's military has not commented. So, yeah, I mean, this was a development that kind of got me here and then seeing like, oh, OK, so there's been a development in that regard in terms of this truce. But I don't know how um, both sides are really abiding by it as of right now. But still, this is a pretty big development. Um, like I said before, in, in terms of like, I'm never really like saying, oh, you know, you, you want to, I love to see this violence. No, obviously violence is bad. It doesn't matter what side, um, you're looking at it. 
you know. But that being said, it just seeing um, Myanmar's military conduct themselves in the way that they have, it just really makes me sad and really bums me out. So I really like to see a change there, and it'd be really great to you know cover that at some point in this year if that's something that happens and is a reality. But then of course you know there's always a fallout to see what what comes of that. Um, but yeah, I mean let me not get ahead of myself there. Um, but yeah, that's the Myanmar special for you. Let's go ahead and move on uh, to the next beat. I actually have an update from Iceland. Uh, I know we've been, we covered the volcanic situation and that is indeed ongoing. From NBC News, lava consumes homes in fishing town after Iceland volcano eruption. Molten lava set houses ablaze in an evacuated Iceland fishing town on Monday after a volcano erupted, leaving the country to battle what its president described as tremendous forces of nature. Residents of Grindavik, which had been home to some 4,000 people, said they had been glued to live streams in shock at bright orange lava consuming their neighborhood. President Gundi T.H. Johannesson said in a televised address late Sunday that a daunting period of upheaval has begun on Rikjanis Peninsula, where a long dormant volcanic system has awakened. A volcano, a volcano on the peninsula, peninsula erupted for the second time in less than a month on Sunday morning. Authorities had ordered residents to leave the fishing town hours earlier as a swarm of small earthquakes in indicated an imminent eruption. So yeah, I couldn't imagine. And for some people, they actually had came back. Um, you know, there was an initial eruption on December 18th. Then, you know, some residents were allowed back home only to, you know, now have to leave again. So, you know, I can't imagine how frustrating that is. Um, hopefully, well, the good news is at least no one's been injured as of yet. Though someone has gone missing, um, I think that they fell into, like, a crack, like, um, from, like, the volcano, like, splitting earthquake stuff or whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, hopefully they find that person and they are alive. But, um, yeah, overall, it, it hasn't been bad. Yeah, it was an emergency worker. Um, or at least I think it was an emergency worker. Sorry. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, there isn't any more loss of life or anything like that or anyone else going missing. Uh, I know there has been, you know, property damage and things of that nature. Obviously people, you know, very concerned about being able to go home, being displaced because of the situation. Um, but yeah, uh, just figured that was a, you know, important update that we should cover. And, uh, yeah, we can go ahead and move on to the last story we have for the day. Um, but let me go ahead and take my break Ooh. <coughs> Excuse me. From ABC News, 
Fulton County DA Fannie Willis defends special prosecutor following allegation of romantic relationship. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis spoke at a church in Atlanta Sunday morning where she gave an emotional and passionate remarks that appeared to acknowledge for the first time the affair allegations leveled against her last week, while also defending the special prosecutor she brought in for the election interference case against Donald Trump. Um, so yeah, I did not expect um, an affair from Fannie Willis to be on the 2024 bingo card, but here we go, here we are. Um, let's see, one of one of former President Trump's co-defendants in his Georgia election interference case is seeking to dismiss the indictment against him and disqualified D.A. Willis, alleging she engaged in personal romantic relationship with one of the top prosecutors she brought in to work on the case, which allegedly resulted in financial gain for the both of them. In the court filing Monday, former Trump campaign staff member Michael Roman accused Willis of having potentially committed an act to defraud the public of honest services based on her intentional failure to disclose the alleged relationship that she allegedly personally benefited uh, benefited from. So she's saying that um, Fannie Willis has had an affair with uh, Nathan Wade, uh, who, let's see, is also, I think is one of the three others. I think there's like a total of four, I guess, um, including Fannie Willis. But uh, they were being paid approximately $650,000 in legal fees uh, since being opponent to the role, which filing claims uh, was a self-serving arrangement. So essentially they're saying this is grounds for um, you know, at least, uh, dismissing the case for Michael Roman. I don't know if it's, like, the whole thing or not there. But, yeah, I mean, it's pretty big, pretty big implication. Um, also, her kind of saying this, kind of, you know, allegedly, you know, whatever, but not actually, like, addressing it, saying, like, hey, this was, like, a uh, he's a great friend, but, um, also a talented lawyer. Um, and, and the argument is, too, that, like, that they're bringing up is that he actually doesn't have the experience like that. We can actually prove that there's evidence to that effect. Um, but, um, let me add a bit of a quote from Fanny from, uh, her time, uh, her little speech on Sunday. Uh, I appointed three special counselors. It's my, it's my right to do pay them all the same hourly rate. They only attack one. I hired one white woman, a good personal friend and great lawyer, a superstar, I tell you. I hired one white man, a brilliant, uh, brilliant, my friend and a great lawyer. I hired one black man, another superstar, a great friend and a great lawyer. The black man is Wade. And um, she's essentially trying to like say, hey, that um, yes, I'm a flaw, I'm an imperfect person, but that... Um, I hired all these people on the level and you guys are singling out the one black man. And I feel like this is like a racially motivated situation. Um, also, she brings up the death threats, the, you know, the name calling, you know, people like, you know, calling her the N word and all this kind of stuff. Um, saying that, you know, she faces this like on a, like a daily, weekly basis. It's very, very um, throughout. It's so common now that she's just so used to it and she feels very persecuted. And I can understand that. 
Um, that being said, is there any merit to the fact of, you know, Nathan Wade, you know, being hired for personal gain? Well, I don't know. Um, I, I do have a little bit of a side article. I don't want to get too deep into it, but I did get this from Politico. Uh, Georgia prosecutor under scrutiny in Trump case was held in contempt last year. Just three days after Georgia prosecutors indicted Donald Trump last summer, one of the lead prosecutors on the case faced some legal trouble of his own. The prosecutor, Nathan Wade, was held in contempt for defying a court order in an acrimonious divorce proceeding with his wife. Wade, a judge in Cobb County, ruled um, had willfully failed to turn over documents over his income, including his wife, uh, later said, Income from his work on the Trump case. Anyway, that's a whole other article. Feel free to delve into that if you want. But I will say that, like, maybe you could add that it's like you could pick any top lawyer, any, like, good expert for this. Because you're going to want someone who is an ace, who has no holes, who has nothing that they can come for you on. Uh, but you added this guy, and it is one of those things where it's like, mm, maybe maybe that was a lapse in judgment. Maybe that was an error. But can you say that that's the kind of error that disqualifies you because it is, um, you know, um, ah, the word's escaping me here, but it doesn't actually benefit the state and it only benefits you and this person. And um, it's like, a, like an act of, act of collusion and, you know, kind of goes towards even maybe what Trump is trying to say in his defense. It is a politically motivated thing. And it's just people out, you know, grifters out trying to get the better of him in a witch hunt. Um I mean, I disagree with that narrative, but at the same time, I can understand why this is a newsworthy thing to cover and why Fannie Willis is, you know, going to church, uh, kind of, you know, doing a bit of confessing, if you will, maybe, allegedly. I don't know. You know, maybe not. Uh, quotations. Uh, but yeah, there we go. That's the episode for the day. That's really all I have to bring to you. Uh, hopefully you've had a really good day. Hopefully um, you've enjoyed your Martin Luther King Day. Um, but yeah. Um, that's it. Uh, if you'd like to help out and support the effort, I do have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Uh, I W Newsy, and I shout you out at the top of the month. Plug a project if you like. Let's see. Isaiah News 1 at gmail.com if you want to send any feedback my way. And then feel free to follow me or the podcast on the socials. And then hopefully you're subscribed to the YouTube. Every subscription helps. Um, hit the like button. That also helps. Cool comments also help. Um, and yeah, hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.